Thanks for listening to the weekly Overflow Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Jesse Cup. For more information, visit overflowindy.com or visit us on Facebook at Overflow Indy. Last week, I, I did a message. I guess see what I, ta- I called it because I named it afterwards. The God story behind Overflow Church. I realized that that's actually part one because I want to hit part two today. All right. I want to take it deeper and I want you guys to hear more of our heart from the spirit. Why we even came and did Overflow Church. Okay. I, I'm, I'm wanting to help recalibrate us to our purposes and what God is wanting to do and where he's wanting to take us. But we got to look at where we come from and why we came, okay? So you guys ready for that? All right, last week I I told you a lot of story. I'm going to tell you a lot of story today. It's going to be kind of another layer of the story. But I I talked to you guys last week about how back in the 90s and the late 90s, I used to be a youth pastor right here in Indiana before I moved away. And God was giving me encounters and he was showing me visions um, I was having trances and encounters, show me visions of the, the map of Indiana and fire broke out right in the middle and it started spreading and then it spread and spread and spread to the whole region was covered in fire and it covered the state and the surrounding states. I said revival's coming. Come on. And, and, and then in 2001, I moved away. I told you guys that whole story. And we, the last part of my time away was nine years in Redding, California at Bethel Church. God sent us there so that we could become a part of the Bethel family and that we could get under the apostolic covering of Bill Johnson and the Bethel movement and to spend all those years getting the DNA of that revival culture just in deep in us, just deep, 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 deep. We, we served. We became the family. We, we let the vision fill our hearts, the core values fill our hearts, and, and just gave ourselves to it for all that time until the Lord was going to say it's time to go. And so I'm, I want to tell you guys about that because I'm, I'm just stoked about why God brought us here. I do need to tell you that what I'm going to share today um, does come, I'm excited, but it also comes vulnerably. Um, I'm going to share with you guys some, uh, some pretty radical encounters I've had along the way. And I, I just don't, it's vulnerable because one, um, the precious things of the Lord, you don't want to just toss them out frivolously, right? And so I, I hold these things close to my heart. Um, I share them when I feel there's a grace on it. I don't want to come across as dramatic or sensational, Okay, but uh, but or or even arrogant by that for that matter. Um, I don't talk about this stuff often, but to me, it's been pretty profound, and I do want to share that with you. I really felt like the goodness of the Lord is on this um, to just to water your hearts and hopefully to impart to you um, a deepening of the purposes of the Lord for Overflow Church. You guys good with that? And by the way. It's for more than just Overflow Church, but we'll get to that later. And, and so, like, I felt like, the, you know, it's good for you to hear the stories of why is Overflow here? And why do we believe that coming to plant Overflow Church was an actual upgrade from being in Redding, California at Bethel Church? What? How could, how could this feel like an upgrade for that? Well, you're going to have to open your spirit eyes with me today, all right? Okay. Um, why, why have we, have we been f- uh, willing to pay a higher price to do this than any of you guys have any clue about the price that we paid for it? And why we've walked through lots of intense resistance and spiritual warfare and deep gutted painful trials, okay, that, that you probably don't know about. But why, even, even despite all that, why we have not relented in our confession of hope, okay? Despite all that, that, that we've come through and God has used that to try our hearts to, to still continue believing in what he's said to us, okay? Hebrews 10.23 says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised 
is faithful. Everybody say that. He who promised is faithful. It says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope. I want to continue to confess what I have hope for. I want to continue to declare the things that I believe are coming that maybe I can't see right now and everything might even try to tell me there's no way this could happen. I'm not going to waver by everything that tries to defy the promise of God. Why? Because he who promised is faithful. Amen? So I'm going to share with you guys a real apostolic view of God's dream for us, okay? Apostolic view of God's dream for us. And I'm going to take you through different parts of my journey and encounters along the way. Um, I don't always preach this way. You guys know this, but I, I'm loading it up with stories today again because I want you to hear the, story, the God story, all right? Back on... September the 8th, 2010, all right, 2010, it was, it, it was uh, Yom Kippur, oh man, yeah, yeah, that holiday I just told you is, is kind of an important one to me, you're going to find out why, okay, Yom Kippur, September 8th, 2010, I did not even know it was Yom Kippur that day, I was, uh, some of you heard this before, but it's going to lace into the bigger story, all right? Um, I, I was at healing rooms at Bethel, and after we were done, and we, were, we circled up to share testimonies of all the miracles God did that day, a lady um, told us, she said to all of us, today is Yom Kippur, and, and it's the day of atonement, it's the holiest day of the year, and this is the day that, that the prophets, they've been seeking God for the last 10 days of all for God's promises and destinies for this year, and today is the day that the prophets believe that God is sealing the destinies of the Lord for this year into his books in heaven. All right? Isn't that crazy? And, and so, and I was like, whoa, that's crazy. I had no idea, but I, the Lord actually called me to fast for several days. I, I had no idea I was fasting during the 10 days of awe. But the Lord told me after I heard that, he said, Jesse, that is actually why I had you fasting this past week, was because I was preparing your spirit for this day. And actually, I think that day was the day that it was going to end, so it started the sundown the night before, it's going to end sundown on this Saturday. And so I, I just knew that this was important, and I was going to go over to the prayer house at Bethel to pray for a while just to close out my fast and I was going to end it with, with taking communion in there. So I'd been praying for a few hours, and it was getting to be sundown by that time, all right? So I knew it was time for the holiday to end, right? So I was, I was have, having a good prayer time, but I, was, I went and I grabbed my little wafer and juice cup, and, and I was holding it and just praying and worshiping the Lord, and I was getting ready to take it, and the Lord said, just give me one more moment. I was like, all right. I'm not going to break this yet. So I laid on the floor and prayed again, and I was laying on my back. And while I was laying on the floor, I felt the glory of God come, and he sat on me and covered me in his presence. And I was like, oh, my goodness, thank you for having me wait. And I was just like laying there just getting drunk in his presence. And, and then I felt an angel come in and to the room and land next to my head on the floor over me, look, like looking down at me, and I could feel like the swirl falling on me. And while I'm laying there feeling that, all of a sudden the Lord starts speaking to me, and I'm not going to tell you everything he said, but I'll just tell you a couple of things he said. <clears throat> he said, Jesse, this year, and because that, that was the beginning of the Jewish year, right? This year, he said, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to open up to you seven gates, or seven doors of glory, seven gates of blessing upon you, and, and you're going to know them when you see them, or when, you, when they come to you, you'll know what they are. But, but, and some of them might be similar to other ones, but some of them are going to be unique, and you're going to have to really pay attention, all right? I was stoked about that. And by the way, after that year is over, I was able to look back and count seven significant things that God did that opened new doors into my life, all right? I'm not going to go into that right now. 
but after he said that, that word to me, I saw a vision, and, and I saw this city, this big city, and, and I, was, I was positioned on a mountain looking down into this big city. It was nighttime, and, and there's, a, there's a bit of mountains going around it on one side, and I was looking down, and in the middle of the city, I saw the eye of God. It was an f- eye of fire right in the dead center of the city, hovering over it. And it kind of reminded me of the eye on the Lord of the Rings, if you've seen that. That's what I saw. And it was looking around over the city. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, don't you want to claim this city as mine? I'll show you what city it is in due time. And so it was one of those things where I I just put it in my heart. I didn't know how long it was going to take for him to reveal it. Could, could be months or years or decades. I have no idea, but I'm going to hold on to that and trust him. <clears throat> and, and then um, I, want to, I want to jump back a year. It was, it was September of 2009, one year prior to this. I want to toss this out at you, that I had a, I had a dream. And I'm not going to go into all the details, but in the dream, I, somebody mentioned that they were from Indianapolis in the dream. And I never planned on coming back to live here ever again, all right? I, I've got lots of reasons for that. <clears throat> but, but in that dream, when, when, they, when they said Indianapolis, they called it the Big Apple, all right, the Big Apple. And I, I, I used to not know that the Big Apple was actually New York City, but to me, the Big Apple was Indianapolis. <laughs> Indianapolis, okay? I used to think Indianapolis was the Big Apple, and so, but the Lord called it the Big Apple in my dream, and, and like WZPL, that radio station, I think they've got the apple on there, right? <clears throat> but in the dream, when they talked about Indianapolis, I remember reflecting back, and it felt, it was like years ago that I lived out here, and it was like faint memories, and, the, and when they said that in the Big Apple, I, I started feeling this, this stirring in my heart. That was like, man, I, I actually, I'm, I miss that place. There's something really special about that place to the Lord, and he's, he's stirring in my heart. But he called it the Big Apple. Pretty funny, right? So <clears throat> Jessica and I were in writing for nine years and at Bethel, and for that whole time, I want to tell you ways that we postured our heart at Bethel, because this is really important. First, we made Bethel our family, our home, our tribe. And, and not only that, but we, we just knew that we were committing ourselves to this family for the long haul. All right? We, we also knew that God probably wasn't calling us to stay in Reading forever. We didn't know how long, but we were committed to staying there as long as it takes. Okay? Whatever that means to God, as long as it takes. And, and we also, when it was time to go, we didn't want to just up and leave. We didn't want to just dream our way out of it and just go. We wanted to have leaders in our lives that were involved with this and had um, uh, the ability to speak voice into our hearts and to speak blessing and correction to us anytime that we needed it. So we positioned ourselves in a very submitted way, receiving that kind of a relationship from them. They didn't demand it, but we knew that that's the way God works, all right? So we did that, but we wanted in the right time, in God's time, and when they knew it was right, that we wanted to be sent out, not just go. Some people, some people want to be sent, and some people just went. Most people just went, but God wants to send. Does that make sense? That's how, the, that's how he did it in the Bible. So we wanted to be sent, and if possible, commissioned from our leaders. And so we wanted to be commissioned and sent out under their spiritual covering and to, be, and to continue being a part of the movement, but with a vision to, like we just have this, we always did and we still do, have this firm belief that what God's doing in Reading, that he never intended for that just to be like a revival mecca where you have to work really hard to get to where revival's breaking out. But, and I know this is Bill Johnson and Chris Vallotton's heart too. 
that God wants to take what he's doing and, and export it to other places and generate a new move of God in different places so that God's moving in lots of places, not just one place. Amen? Do you guys agree on that? So, so we wanted to be commissioned and help export revival culture. All right? We, we didn't know when it was going to happen. We didn't know where it was going to happen. And we didn't know what, like how, like what context it was going to be. Okay? I, I, I got to the place where I felt like pretty confident that I was going to be leading a church. But I didn't want to just do church, okay? I want to do revival. Don't want to just do church. I want to do regional impact. Amen? So, but we, but we didn't know if, if where he's going to send us would be a church that already exists and they just needed a new leader for a new season and God would send us to that so that we can take them to a new, a new season, a new place in the Lord. We didn't know if it would be that or if it would be planting a new church, okay? I didn't know. I just, we kept, all those years we were putting this stuff out to the Lord. We, we did always believe that either of the contexts that our role would be more apostolic in nature, not just trying to just do just pastoral church work, which is super important. I'm just telling you what is in my spirit, okay? But I, I can tell you this, honestly, I was asking the Lord specifically, Lord, are you going to send us to an existing church or have us plant a church? Please let it be an existing church. Please let it be an existing church. Well, I wanted to start it, man. I want to start revival. But I wanted him to send us to an existing church where there's job security. Because I had kids. And I wanted to make sure that it wasn't going to be something that will fall apart if I mess it up real quick. Does that make sense? So I prayed for that. And, and all those years, like, we, we were praying and we are watching the horizon. Praying watching the horizon, but staying faithful where we're at at the same time, okay? And so, and we, and we served Bethel faithfully for nine years before God sent us out. Nine years. It's a good nine years. And so we stayed present during that time, and we sunk our roots where we were until God said go, all right? And, and one of the things that I learned from the leadership there is if you want to be commissioned, you, you need to come under submission to another man's mission. If you want to get commissioned, come into submission to another man's mission. You see how that works? And also, they taught us that if you... If you need a vision or you need to pursue a vision, serve another man's vision until God makes that your vision. It's called unity, guys. All right? Make it until he makes it your vision. And then in time, your leaders can confidently help launch you into your vision. Okay? So we were living that for nine years, living that. And so we prayed always for where God would send us. I think I told you this last week, but Jessica and I actually made a map. We, we found a website where you can, you can get a map and you can find a city and decide how far of a driving distance and it'll draw a radius around that city. And so it's not a perfect circle because some roads aren't straight, right? So it's kind of weird shape sometimes, but we, we overlapped it. An eight-hour drive from my parents here in Indiana and an eight-hour drive from Jessica's parents in Tennessee and the, the radius. And where it crossed over, we we're praying, God, we'll go anywhere you want, but you haven't shown us anything yet. So we're praying specifically, send us within that region so we can be within eight hours of either, either family. Does that make sense? So that region is huge, guys. Eight hours from all of it. It's like Alabama to Michigan. I think St. Louis to the west side of North Carolina. So, and there's this big football shape where it's crossing over. So, Lord, please send us in that. We'll go anywhere, but 
but we're but in the meantime we're praying for this, but especially over here in the Appalachian Mountains around Asheville, specifically, please. Mountains. He already said no to Denver, all right? We were praying for Denver before that. He said no to that, okay? But, but remember that vision that I had, right, with the eye, the fire, of, the fire eye in the city, and I was, I was perched on a mountain looking down. So when I had that vision, I, all that time I thought that God's probably going to send us somewhere that's, that's nestled right by the mountains. So heart's desire, Lord, thank you. If, we, if, we would have, if you would have sent us there, I wouldn't be camping in Brown County, Lord. That's, that's the Indiana mountains. All right. So every year we're praying, Lord, are you sending us yet? He's like, not yet. Not yet. And I'm like, all right, Lord, refocus. Stay present. And he's like, yeah, I, there's more DNA I got to work into you. I want to get this DNA, that you, this place that you want to export, I want to get more of that into you. Deeper. So nine years, all right? On, on October the 5th, 2016, at Bethel, they were hosting the Open Heavens Conference. How many of you guys love the concept of open heavens? Everybody say that, open heavens. Why don't we say this, Lord, open the heavens. He says it's already open. Come on. I was at the Open Heavens Conference, and a guy named Brian Houston, who, who is the, the, I guess you would call him the apostle of the Hillsong movement, um, he, he's not so popular this day, but <laughs> that's different, um, but he was speaking that morning and that night, and he, he, he's speaking on your destiny from heaven. And pursuing your destiny and putting all you've got into your destiny, okay? And, and when he was speaking that, I felt the Lord light a fire in my spirit. And it was the first time in all those years where we kept saying, Lord, when are you sending us? Is it coming soon? He said, not yet, not yet, not yet. This was the first time that I felt the permission of the Lord to dream about what's coming, all right? Uh, and and I, felt, I felt a fire and a permission, and it was the beginning. That night was the beginnings of a shifting taking place where the Lord was, was shifting our season, all right? And so that night, God spoke to me, and he said, he told me, you've been faithful to serve another man's vision. Now it's time to fan your vision into a roaring fire. Come on. And up to that point, I'd been serving... For seven and a half years, okay? Little did I know that I still had another year and a half left, but that's all right, because God was doing something, amen? So I was getting ready to go on this trip to, uh, to Indiana, Jessica and my family and me, on Thanksgiving, and I knew that, that we were going to be with family, but we probably would also connect with some of our connections around Indiana, um, just see what God's doing. And so that night, when, when God's stirring my spirit... I all of a sudden started feeling God's love for the people of right here in Indian, Indianapolis, surrounding areas. I, f I felt his love for the people here. And it, it was the, I felt, I felt the, a father's kind of a love for the people here. And it felt like an apostolic kind of love and, and an apostolic kind of a calling from God to come and pour into the people and to minister refreshing and strengthening to them, okay? I could feel God wanting to come and love on his kids right here and to bring refreshing, okay? And so I realized I need to make that the priority of our trip. And so the next day, I called my friend Tony Costa, who pastors Revive the World, to talk to him about what God is stirring in my heart. And at that time, I had been mentoring Tony in, in his ministry calling and leadership. And so we had a, the Lord gave us an awesome relationship. Um, but uh, I, asked, I asked him to be praying about this. Like, God gave me this. I'm feeling it. I just need to find out how I'm going to do it on this trip. 
And I asked him to pray about it. Would, would you just pray and see if, if the Lord would stir your heart too to gather a group of people one night and, and just come and just minister? And he felt God on it. And so he, he contacted Steve Freeman and Dave Knoll, and, and we pulled together something, and, we were, and God moved. It was awesome. But on the phone, Tony started, after I was sharing my heart with him for Indianapolis and God's just a father heart and wanting to refresh people, um, I had no idea the things that Tony needed to tell me was the, the new, like the new happenings in this region. Um, he gave me some updates of the region and that, because the, there had been a revival movement happening. Some of you in here have been a part of that. And, and, but there was some huge hits on the revival movement in this region at that time. And uh, without saying, without going into details or names, uh, there was a leading church in the, in the movement here that, that fell apart fast in that season and, and it sent shockwaves through the region. And so a lot of people were feeling it and it was, they were feeling pain, they were feeling discouragement, and it just kind of, it just kind of, for at least for a period of time, it kind of scattered the, the momentum. Does that make sense? And so there's, there's just a lot of discouragement in the region. And so after he told me that, my heart really started going out all the more to the people of this region. I felt, I felt the pain of God. Um, he just increased my heart for this region. And, and, and I felt like the Lord has just given me like, like a compassion, almost like, a, like, a, like sheep without a shepherd kind of a feeling. Does that make sense? A few days later, I got to meet with uh, a guy named Les Coombs. Some of you would have heard me talk about him because he took me through counseling a couple of years prior to this to get healed of depression. Okay, you guys, I just talk, told that whole story recently. Same man. And, and I was meeting with him, and he, I, I knew that he could sense that a shift was coming for me soon. And he said, Jesse, what can you see yourself doing next? <clears throat> and I told him, all I can envision right now is pastoring a healthy church and pioneering cultural transformation in the Indianapolis area. So God was just stirring my heart for this stuff. And, and ever since, he just increased it. So that same month... On the 12th of October, 2016, guess what holiday it was? Yom Kippur. <clears throat> that, that night, I'd for, I didn't even realize that it was that day. For some reason, I just was so busy, I, I forgot to pay attention. But I was putting David down to bed that night. And, and I put some soaking music on, because sometimes we'll do that and just soak in God's presence. Um, <clears throat> and I put that on. Man, this was six years ago. That's crazy. And while I'm laying there, just going through normal night, night, night routines, all of a sudden, the glory of God came into the room from his door. It, it entered through his door into the room, and, and David told me where God was, and it's exactly where I knew he was, and he kept coming over to us and came upon us on the bed. It was crazy, and it was so, like, thick. Like David fell asleep in the peace of God instantly, which is a miracle on its own. Okay? <clears throat> and then the Lord reminded me, guess what today is? Yom Kippur. We have an appointment. I, I've, I forgot. But, but the Lord showed me how important these times are to him too. Amen? And so and he, he spoke to me. I knew this was going to be important. And he spoke to me and he said, you've done a great job making me your exceedingly great reward, even at the expense of unfulfilled dreams. That meant a lot to me. Because in that season of my life, the Lord had me on this journey for the last few years of, of laying down... I'm a visionary, laying down my visions and my dreams that I know were actually from him, but feeling like God was calling me into such an intimacy with him that he is so much more important than anything I will ever see done in my life. And he wanted to know that he's first. And it was just like Moses who, who was getting ready to take the people into the promised land. 
and, and God was upset with the people, and God said, I'm still going to get them into the promise, but I'm going to send my angel, and I'm not going. And Moses said, God, if you're not going, I'm not going either. I would rather have your presence than your promise fulfilled in my life. And the Lord had me in years of repositioning my visionary posture of heart to, to prove from a real place, God, you're way more important to me than all my dreams. I love you more. I'll, I'll take you over the dreams if I have to, and I'll still be fulfilled. Come on. And, and in that season, the Lord also, in the same way, was having me posture in my heart saying, I, I love my family more than my dreams. Because I've, I, I've seen people put their callings before their families and their, they, they get all the things they wanted, but their family dies inside. And, and I was doing that to Jessica before this because she felt like I cared more about my calling than her. And the Lord had to totally reposition me and say and to realize that covenant relationships far surpass us fulfilling callings. And, and also a season where I where I knew what I want to do for the Lord, but the Lord kept telling me all those years, stay present. Give your all to what you're doing now. There, there may be things out there, but give your all now. And trust me with that, okay? I, I had to completely like put on the altar of the Lord with, with a faith that if he still means it, he'll make it happen in the right time. But right now, I got to let my heart be where it needs to be. I got to love well now. Does that make sense? I don't want to fulfill a calling at the expense of where love is needed now. I hope you guys are hearing that. Because I'm not just telling you about my experience. This is actually God's heart. Okay? So when he came to me on Yom Kippur in the glory, and, and he's like, guess what today is? And then, he, and then he said, you've done a great job of making me your exceeding, exceedingly great reward, even at the expense of unfulfilled dreams. That had a deep meaning to me. Okay? And I knew that he was pleased with me. He validated me in that. And he said, he basically saying, I see your sacrifice and that you've loved me first. Come on. For me, Yom Kippur is a night that's focused on destiny. And so when the Lord is telling me that you put me above your dreams and I'm pleased with you, I knew that he was going to be connecting that with my destiny, Okay. And I felt in my spirit that, that what God was basically preparing me for was so he could say, now I can trust you like I never could before. As he was getting ready to launch me into the things that I had been dreaming but willing to put on the altar to the Lord. Come on. You guys doing all right? Am I, am I giving you too much right now? All right, because I'm not done. Three days later, October the 15th, 2016, I'm at Starbucks. That, that was, was kind of like my office in that season. <laughs> and I'd, been, I'd started a, a Bible study where I was reading the Bible chronologically in order. And, but I, I was in the first five books, you know, all that were written by Moses. And in that story, I, I think I was in Deuteronomy at this point, <clears throat> I started, I noticed this phrase in there that never stood out to me before, but, but now when it stood out to me, I realized I'd seen this phrase, maybe variations of it, many times throughout the story of Israel going on their way to the promised land, right? But basically the phrase says this, it says, I have delivered the land into your hand, now go and possess it, all right? And another way that it could be said, because he said it different ways, is possess the land that I have given to you as an inheritance. I want to say that one more time. Possess the land that I have given to you 
as an inheritance. Do you hear that? God spoke that into me, and all of a sudden I got this download that I never noticed before. <clears throat> Possess the land. That, that is a futuristic act. All right? Possess the land. You haven't done it yet. Go do it. Possess it. Take possession. That means you have to put yourself into it and apprehend it to make it happen. All right? You haven't done it yet, but you got to do it. Possess the land I have given to you. I have given to you. Is that future tense? No, that's past tense. Possess the land that I have given to you. Go do something that I have already done. Possess the land I have given to you. What is in your future that God needs you to do is in God's past. He's already done it. He's already made it happen. But you have to go into it and apprehend it. Possess the land that I have given to you as an inheritance. He didn't say possess the land that I have promised that you're going to come and serve me and be my slaves in another land. He said, possess the land that I have given to you as what? Inheritance. Who gets inheritances? Children. Children. And so a father wanted to give a blessing to his children, and it was an inheritance. What was the inheritance? Well, it was this great land filled with more people than the stars in the sky. And a land that's flowing with milk and honey. A land that is blessed by the hand of the Almighty God. The promised land. Come on. He gave them the promised land. It wasn't a command land. It was a promised land. He said, possess the land that I have given to you as an inheritance. God has already been there and done that. God is not confined to the timeline that we're on. He lives in the, in the eternal present. And so things that haven't happened yet to us are history for him. <clears throat> He's already been there and done that. He has already provided for them an, an, an inheritance of the promised land. So to God... Do you think God was in question, are they going to be able to get it or not? Do you think they're going to make it? or No, to him, it is. <laughs> it is. All right? To him, it is finished. To us, it's over there, and I don't have it yet. That's in my future, but to God, it's in my past and in my present. But over here... I haven't got there yet, and not only have I not got there yet, there's armies, and there's giants, and oh my goodness, what am, how am I going to get that? How, how am I going to get that thing that you said you've already given to me? Oh, well, it's already done. It's already done. Why, what are you worried about? So, oh, oh you, you see those armies, you're looking too low, guys. You see giants, oh, you feel like grasshoppers in their sight? No, that's grasshoppers in your sight. Rise up. Because I said this is already done. You guys better get a little more excited. Because the, 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 Lord, the Lord said that the promises have already been given. It's already fixed in its place. It is already prepared. It is finished. On His side of the equation... On our side, when we see the challenges ahead of us and, and we think, I don't know if I can do this, guess what? God's saying it's already done. You guys get the picture? So to God, it's already accomplished. It's in the past. To us, it is yet to be. So it's our future. Okay? To God, been there, done that. So He knows the full spectrum of everything that you are just getting glimpses of right now. All right? To God, it's not just a place for you to go and be his servants and slaves. No. It's actually a promised inheritance. The promised land. Come on. To God, it's a, it's a promised land that's already done. 
To us, it's a, it's a plunder that needs to be apprehended. It's something up there that I need to still possess. To God, what's finished, to me, there's still work to do. To me, there's still battles to win. And when I get in the thick of it, I need to pull back sometimes and reassess. I don't, when I'm feeling this, the, the, the conflict and the resistance and all that stuff, I, I might get my eyes off of something out there that God said is already done. But I'm feeling like, man, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it. Okay? I need to reorient, get back to what God's saying, and he's saying it is finished. What you're experiencing right now is not the reality of what's yet to come. Stay the course. Come on. And that, that'll take us back to that verse I just said, Hebrews 10.23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. He who promised has already done it. And because I'm not there yet, I still have to possess the land. I got to get to it. And, and I got to remember that the Lord has already completed it. So I don't have to waver in my hope and my faith and my confession anymore. I'm going to anchor myself with what God has already completed instead of focusing on what I have to do. Because guess what? The battle is the Lord's. You think that you're facing something that might hold you back from your destiny, and God's saying, I've already, I've already done this, guys. <laughs> you think you're going to get overtaken. I think it's already done, and you just need to enter in and watch what I can do through the possessing of the land. Come on, guys. And so, remember, I'm in Starbucks, Right? I'm at Starbucks having this download. And all of a sudden, I, 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 the Lord speaks to me. And, I, and the Lord showed me. And I, I've been waiting for some kind of a door to open to me. You remember I was praying about where am I going to go and the pastoring and when's it going to happen, all that stuff. I, I've been waiting for some kind of a door to open for me to be invited into a church to pastor somewhere. <laughs> God was telling me that I'm going to go in and possess a land that He is delivering into my hand. Come on. I, do you think that the Israelites got their promised land by invitation from the enemies that they were about to crush and kill? No. No, it was not an invitation from them. But it was a, it was a promise from the Lord. Go possess it plunder it. I'm going to give you this. It's already yours, but you got to put yourself into it all the way to get it. Do you know why some people only receive part of God's promises in their lives? Because they quit too soon. They, they, they put 40 or 50 percent of themselves into it instead of all the way. Power pause. Let it sit. You won't get the promises that God has dreamed for you by doing it halfway. Or by quitting too soon. Okay? But you can have it all if you go all the way. Come on. So when the Lord spoke these things to me, something shifted and, and a courage and a strength rose up in me and I felt a... I felt a dormant lion rise up and start roaring inside of me. So hard, I jumped right out of my seat in Starbucks, ran out the front door, and then I had to start pacing back and forth. God, what are you telling me? What are you, what are you saying to me, Lord? Are you serious? Because I, I, I realized that maybe it is Indianapolis for us, after all. And maybe I need to stop waiting around and hoping that some church is going to open its door and send me this invitation. Say, Jesse, will you please come and, and take lead of our church now? It, it, Lord, are you telling me it's not going to come like that? Because I was thinking about, you know, the Philistines. Would you guys please come and be amongst us? No. No, we're going to come crush you. 
all right? But he's, I was like, maybe, maybe it's not going to be that. Maybe we're not going to enter our destiny via invitation. Maybe we're going to have to take it. We're going to enter it by taking the land and possessing it. That it won't be a church that's just handed to us. It's going to be us seizing this thing and making it happen. And the results are going to come by plunder rather than invitation. Now you need to understand, when I talk about enemies and plunder, I'm not talking about people and churches. We're talking about principalities, all right? I'm talking about that realm, not not taken from other people and all that. So I I just realized God was saying, Jesse, you've been waiting for me to open this door that's already existing, but I actually called you to create something new. I called you to go in courage and boldness and fight the enemy that wants to, t- to hold you back. And I've got a dream for you. I've got a dream for this church and, the, and a move of God. Did I tell you guys earlier that I, I, we didn't come here just because we wanted to pastor a church? We came here because we want to see a move of God. I'm running into the same problem I did last week, and almost every week, actually. The more I want to say, I'm fine with this being a series, because I, I really I want you guys to hear the stirrings of the Lord and, his, and why this is important to Him. I want to tell you that what God is doing right here is bigger than you know. It's bigger than you can see. And I felt like the Lord told me to say this to you, that when, Eli- I think it was Elisha, might have been Elijah, I'm getting him confused on this story, was up on a mountain and they're surrounded by the enemies that were coming to destroy them, surrounded by armies, and it was just him and his servant up on the mountain, and his servant is freaking out, and he's just kicking back, <laughs> got his feet up, <laughs> sipping on a soda, ah. The other guy's like, do you see them around? Uh, uh, do you see they're going to come and destroy us? There's thousands of them. Uh, not a big deal. It's like, why aren't you freaking out right now? We're doomed. There's no way we can succeed. Look at us. We're so small. There's no way that God can do great things with just a couple of us right here. No way God can move with just the few. Look, we're surrounded and things are getting worse. They're getting closer. He's like, Lord, open his eyes. And then his eyes open and he saw legions of angels all around them. Come on. I felt like God told me to tell you guys this, that there is more going on in the spirit realm than you can see but you got to engage with it if you want to be able to partner with what God's trying to do because it's bigger than you know and it, it's going to take more of that full-on yes to the Lord than halfway to really see this thing happen, okay? <clears throat> I'm running out of time. I've got so much more I want to say. So I'm going to, I guess I'm going to have to just finish with this part. And you're going to probably get a part three. Not next week, because Aaron and Sarah are here. So when the Lord gave me that download, possess the land that I have given to you as an inheritance. And he was showing me, I've already given this to you. And by the way, when he's talking to me about this, the promised land, it's not just a church plant. It's a move of God. It is a regional transformation. It's an outpouring of the Holy Spirit with signs and wonders and manifestations of the glory of God. That's what he's talking about. Not not just a little church plant. A move of God. Remember the map with the fire on it and it growing? Something big. Okay? I, I believe that's the promised land. He's saying, possess the land that I've given to you as inheritance, all right? A couple of weeks later, after the Lord gave me that download, <clears throat> I was meeting with my friend in, who was visiting Reading named Lester Summerall, 
Not, not the old dude who died a few years ago, right? The one who is still alive, his grandson. All right, Lester Sumrall. But we, we were talking, and, he, and the Holy Spirit gave him a prophetic word for me in that moment while we were drinking our coffee. And he said, he said you keep praying, Lord, if you open the door, I'll go. But the Lord is saying to you, go, and then I'll open the door. And then he saw a vision of <clears throat> Joshua and the priests leading the Israelites up to the Jordan River, and they're getting ready to enter into where? The promised land, right? And, but the river was blocking them, and they had to get a million people over that huge river. I think it's huge anyway. <laughs> I don't think it's a little creek. <laughs> that wouldn't be quite as extreme, okay? They, they got to the river, and, and they didn't know where they're going to go, but, but the Lord sent the ark into the river. So they, they carried the, the ark into the water as soon as they stepped in. They didn't wait for God to show them how to get there. They stepped into the impossible place. And then the river parted, and they walked, all of them, on dry land. And the Lord told Lester to tell me this. You've been praying, Lord, open the door, and then I'll go. And God says, go, and then I'll open the door. And it confirmed to me everything God was showing me, that he is calling us to Indianapolis to take the land, to, to, to apprehend the promises of God. How many of you guys know there's a lot of promises over this region for an outpouring like we've never seen before? Come on. I felt like God was saying, you're going to go and be a part of this. You're going to possess the land that I've given to you as an inheritance. So even though we've had our hardships and we've had our spiritual warfare and we've had betrayals and pains and all the different things, things that make it feel like this will never succeed, and the Lord keeps saying, don't waver in your confession of hope because he who promised is faithful. We're going to get there. We're going to see this thing. And guess what? Yeah, come on. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. There is, there is no way to package this the way I wanted to in the end. Ha, God knows what you've done. <laughs> I have more to say. I'm, I might tell Aaron, don't come next week. Would that, be, would that be a good demonstration of the culture of honor? No, probably not. All right, Lord, I'm going to trust you to honor them and trust you to build momentum in two weeks. All right, listen. Listen. There's so much more. Man, I'm just trying to, I, I was building up to where I was actually trying to get to. I need to work on this stuff. God has great things. Half-heartedness will not apprehend it. Okay? Being all in will get it all. But, but it's, not, it's, it's all in saying, Lord, I believe you, and I'm willing to invest myself in you. I will face the armies and the giants because I, it's not because I think I can work my way through the opposition. It's because I know that you said it's already been given to me. It's already mine. So to you, that is a, I can rest assured it's happening. Okay? God doesn't go back on his word. What was that thing you said earlier? I've given you my word? Come on. God says, I've given you my word. I've given you my, his word is his bond. All right? I, 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 I was trying to remember, I'm pretty sure there's a verse, and somebody correct me if I'm wrong, that God said that I put my word above my name. Amen. He said that, right? Yes. I give you my word above my name. Yes. Come on. Psalm what? I'm getting... Psalm 138. It's all right. No, it's okay. It's okay. We got it. We got it. Thank you. Psalm 138, I, I just heard, though. Thank you for that. So... I put my word above my name. Come on. If God said it, he's going to do it. 
All right? But we have to co-labor with God. We have to do our part because there's heaven on earth. There's heaven on earth. He wants to bring heaven to earth. Open heavens, heaven descending, kingdom in your midst. Guess what that takes? It takes the heaven side. It takes the earth side. It takes the partnership. It takes God saying, I've already done it. But it takes us saying, we're going all the way, Lord. I'm partnering with you. And I don't care what comes against me. You said it. And it's going to happen. And I'm not letting go until I get it. Come on. That's awesome. And God called us to come here to plant this church, and my, was it a risk. We, we didn't know how we were going we to have incomes or anything. God provided every bit of it. We, took, we stepped out on the water like Peter did and walked because we kept our eyes focused on Jesus and what he said he would do. And he's not failed us. And he gave us this amazing church. This amazing church, you guys. Overflow. And, and God's doing great things. And we, we just celebrated four years. And it's been four years of us taking land. Amen? Possessing the land he's given to us as an inheritance. There's, we get it little by little, little by little, little by little, breakthrough by breakthrough. But, but God has huge things that he wants us to continue laying hold of. Because one of these days we're going we're gonna to cross that tipping point And we're going to see an outflow like we've never seen before. He gave us the name Overflow for a reason. Okay? I'm excited about it. Are you guys? All right. I want to lay hands on people again, but but I just need to release you. So I don't know what to do because it's 10 after 12. So, man, we're going to get to more laying on of hands later, I think. I don't think I'm doing it today. But I want you guys to stand. I'm... There's more, guys. <laughs> you guys see me up here? I'm like, I'm like trying to just figure things out right now. All right, I want to bless you guys right now. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that you will help us to see what you see. Lord, help us to see that the promises you've given to you are yes and amen. Lord, to you, it's not I will do this for you. It's I have already done this for you. And Lord, but, but there's so much more for us that you want us to press in for and to believe for, God. And, and, and we have to believe, Lord, that if you've said it's finished, Lord, we've got to believe that no matter what kind of work or toil or warfare or whatever gets in between us and that, it is a sure victory. I said again, it is a sure victory. It is a sure victory. The battle is the Lord's. Come on. And God has greater things for us than what we've seen yet. I'm telling you, God has this region on His heart. He called it the apple of His eye. The apple of His eye. Like He's serious about this. He's a father who cares for his children and he wants to pour a refreshing on his children. He wants, to, he wants his children to come awakened to all the things that he has for them, for you. And the more. I want you guys, I, I, I wanna, I'm trying to inspire your spirits to see the more. In the name of Jesus, to see the more. That's why I'm not done. I'm going to do this again. I want you guys to see the more because God has more things in store and we cannot get complacent with how things are. We, it's like we want to, there's this dual reality. I want to find contentment in the goodness of God right now, but I also want to be unsettled with the fact that there's promises that he's promised that I haven't experienced yet, and there's a, there's a distance between here and there, and I've got to close the gap. But he's with me every step, and it's sure victory ahead of me. Come on, it is sure victory ahead of me. Hallelujah. And I say me, I mean we. It's sure victory ahead of us. Come on. Hallelujah. All right, God bless everybody in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Yes, ministry team, please come to the front. I'm trusting the ones that we talked about earlier. Yep, you guys are good. 
Yep. All right. So if anybody wants to receive prayer, and I want to invite people to to come up for prayer, especially if you want the Lord to just open your eyes and ignite you for this, just to to help you to see the more of the Lord and to help you get the breakthrough between here and there. So I just bless you guys. Be blessed. In Jesus' name, I'm about to go camping now.